0: She sat down so she could rest She lit a cigarette and asked which podcast I like best on well, my fa-
1: and welcome to sometimes dead is better and it's me Kristen,
0: and me chris
1: and we're here to talk about a doozy of a horror movie today absolutely this is a good one this is a classic yeah as they say and so we're going to talk about a nightmare on elm street yes heard of it
0: heard of it yeah freddy krueger
1: we'll get into that in a minute Uh, but first let's talk about what else we've been watching chris what else have you been watching
0: so, I'm excited to announce, uh, because I work for Netflix, apparently, <laughs> that uh, I watch The Devil all the time. Have you seen that or heard about it?
1: Oh, is that the one that was filmed in Montevallo?
0: In Montevallo and Helena, where I that live. That is crazy. And uh, other parts i I definitely... Well, it was filmed all in Alabama, put it that way. I mean, it takes place in like West Virginia. But it's a Southern gothic... Liars. Yeah. But it's a Southern gothic movie... Um, that takes place 40s 50s 60s it's kind of multi-generational hmm. it's um the director that directed christine remember that movie about the oh yeah uh, which you've talked about before it has let me just talk about the cast all of whom were literally <laughs> right. in helena alabama i
1: know and you didn't go and find any of them and ask them to marry you
0: so oh we're talking gosh. uh spider-man
1: yes tom holland
0: he was seen in helena downtown helena which is like two blocks where i am we're talking robert pattinson our pets yeah. We're talking one of the Scar's brothers. brothers, uh, right. the guy that played it. Uh, which one is he? Bobby. Yeah, Bobby Scar's No, it's not. Bob- <laughs> no, <laughs> just keep going. Pennywise, <laughs> Pennywise Scar's Guard, um, and then just a heap of other people. So anyway, it's called "And the and the Devil All the Time." It's really good. It's, I mean, the people and Helena were really excited when it came out, and turned out just to be the. Darkest, strangest movie probably on Netflix at the time. You know, oh, it just, cool! I think you'll love it. It's very strange, not linear. You know, we're talking, I mean, think Southern Gothic. We're talking, you know, weird sex and violence and God and pedophilia. I mean, just all of it, you know, in this weird kind of brew.
1: Just hits all uh, the high points there. Hits doesn't all it? the
0: high points. It's based on a 2011 book that I never read of the, of the same title. Uh, but it's really good. Robert Pattinson gives an absolutely insane performance, as this is wont these days. Right. Uh, but I mean, I mean that in the best possible way. Like he, he was just kind of in his own movie altogether, which is hilarious.
1: Have you watched the trailer for the Batman?
0: Yes. Yeah. That looks, looks really good. good. Yeah. And we all pray for Robert Pattinson's COVID, uh, and we, we assume he's getting better.
1: He had COVID.
0: Yeah, COVID. Yeah, they they had to shut down production because they said someone on the set of Batman had COVID. It was him. It was Batman. Oh my
1: gosh!
0: Uh, but I think he's already better. But one one little bit of trivia that I thought was funny is that Robert Pattinson has a particularly bonkers accent in the movie. I mean, they kind of all do, but his is like another level. It's this weird sort of high pitched southern parody. Uh, but he didn't let anybody hear it until he showed up on set. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Even the director. So when he showed up on set and started talking, they were like, what? You know. Uh, but it, it works. I mean, he's just the best thing about the movie. The whole movie is good. Tom Holland's great. Uh, Scar's card great. It's it's super. Um, I can't recommend it enough. That said, a lot of people will probably hate it because it's undeniably a weird sort of polarizing movie.
1: Interesting.
0: So The Devil of Time. Uh, watch it.
1: It's an interesting title.
0: Yeah, I and mean, it's explained in the movie for the most okay, part. Okay. It's like a line of dialogue. Scarscore says it,
1: and then he goes back into the sewer, right?
0: Absolutely, <laughs> he slinks back in. <laughs> uh, so, what have you been uh, watching?
1: Well, I've had a weird schedule lately. I have to get up at like six thirty with this puppy, and then I have to do school with my son. Then I watch maybe something with Brian at night, and I go to bed early. I listened to a lot of podcasts anyway, but there was one, like I'd listened to a lot of fun podcasts, like the Scrubs podcast, The Office Ladies, Hollywood Handbook, of course. And then it just hit me and I was like, I need some murder, which is what happens to us white ladies, <laughs> you know? And so I started a podcast that people have been talking about for a while, but it's called Cold. C-O-L-D, just Cold.
0: I feel like maybe you've mentioned this to me or I've heard about it somehow.
1: I might have. So this is the story of Josh Powell give a little synopsis because some people may be like oh yeah I think I've heard of that and then you have like no idea like how deep the story goes so Josh Powell was married with two kids and one night in a cold Utah snowstorm at midnight he decides to take his two boys who are age two and four camping and then the next day his wife is missing so I'll just give you leave you with that and then it goes into his life their life her life his dad, who was a complete freak, I think it's like 13 episodes, like I was binging it. I couldn't stop like I was going for walks just constantly just I gotta go uh get out I'm just gonna go for a walk. get some of that murder. Yeah. <laughs> and it is just it's frustrating and it's sad.
0: Is this something that occurred like recently here?
1: Um, well, she went missing in like 2008 and then it goes from there. And it keeps going and it's it's so tragic. I don't recommend it for light hearted true crime people who maybe watch like Unsolved Mysteries or something. I mean it's it's dark and it's tough, but I love the investigative journalist who does it. I think it's really well done. I think it's super well researched. If you want like a story that's gonna get you, then then I recommend it.
0: Well, I don't want a story to get me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Oh, like this one? Like the story of A Nightmare on Elm Street? That'll get you.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: That'll get into your head. That'll get into your dreams.
0: It's definitely a true crime podcast. Is that what you're saying? Like, it's Yes, 100%. Okay.
1: Right. 100%. Yeah. All right. So let's get into, let's lighten it up a little bit and talk about what we're drinking. And so we're doing this separately. So it's, I, I prefer to be with you, but it is kind of fun when we go off on our own and try to find our own drinks.
0: <laughs> right. We usually fail. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. You want to go first?
0: I'll go first. Mine is definitely the less creative um, choice. But uh, so I didn't see anything that was particularly on point. Uh, there was something called Dreaming Tree, but Kristen says it's more of a Dave Matthews reference. Yeah. So.
1: I think it's his winery.
0: Oh, really? So, no, we're not doing that. Um, but so.
1: Nothing spooky about Dave Matthews, so.
0: Not really. I mean, Don't Drink the Water is kind of spooky in a way.
1: Yeah, that's right. That's right. Halloween's pretty sp- spooky. Ooh,
0: yeah, spooky title. <laughs> I forgot there's a Dave Matthews song called Halloween. Yeah. Um <laughs>
1: It was a very big deal. He doesn't play that live very much. And I saw him in Madison Square Garden on my 21st birthday. Wow. He played Halloween. It was a huge deal. Huge deal.
0: Which album is that off of?
1: That is on uh, Before These Crowded Streets.
0: Oh, I like that album. I do too. Anyway. I have a,
1: I have a secret tattoo of it. We won't get into that. I don't <laughs> oh. know if I've ever discussed my like obsession with Dave Matthews Band that happened for a few years there.
0: Well, I mean, we've discussed it. <laughs> I, I lived it. <laughs> um, so the day Matthews podcast begins.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, that would be fun.
0: So all that's to say that I got uh, just what happens to be my favorite beer right now anyway. And it's called Goat Island Blood Orange Berliner Weiss. And it's out of Coleman, Alabama. It looks like this. It is absolutely delicious. Wow. It's kind of a wheat beer, but it, mm-hmm. it, it comes up pretty much close to blood red. And I got it because I thought... A, it's delicious. And B, this is probably the bloodiest movie we've watched in some time. I mean, it's, you know, lots of blood in this movie.
1: There's a lot of blood. Well, I have two drinks. Wow. Because DGAF, all right? The first one <laughs> I found is called Firemaker. Get it? Yes. He's burned alive. Right. Twice. And it's an Atlanta brewery. And so it's called Chattahoochee Tea Southeastern IPA. And at first I was like, oh, no, I, I really don't like sweet tea. That was a big problem when I moved here. When I moved to the South in fourth grade, and every time I sat down to eat, they wanted to give me fucking sweet tea. I was like, (laughs) I don't like sweet tea, and I still don't. But it doesn't really have that much of a sweet tea. Like, they fired by sweet tea, but it's really good. They said it's got hints of honey and double dry hopped with lemon drop. And this is a, it's called Firemaker Brewing Company which is in Atlanta. We have so many breweries popping up here and there. I just, I can't even keep up anymore. Yeah.
0: Well, man, I know there was one in Coleman, Alabama. So that's good enough.
1: That's where Brian's grandma lives.
0: Really? Okay.
1: Yeah, I think she started it. That's her <laughs> oh, brewery. Great, yeah. yeah. she's she's 96.
0: Yeah. Brian's she on here, actually. That's weird. Oh my
1: gosh. <laughs> okay, the second drink I have is I saw that somebody on Facebook had posted about peanut butter whiskey. Mm. And peanut butter is my favorite thing in the whole world.
0: Yeah. I feel like you've had a peanut butter and jelly drink at some point already on the podcast yes
1: yes it was when we did Pet Cemetery, the second one the the remake oh right and you made fun of me because I said I also got peanut butter and jelly beer because kids eat peanut butter jelly (laughs) and you said that's the biggest stretch we had you said because kids eat food
0: (laughs) (laughs) well I think I've probably defeated you by now but good
1: it is so I got some peanut butter whiskey and some raspberry liqueur and you mix it together with a little bit of water and ice, and it's a peanut butter and jelly drink. But look at it.
0: Yeah. Looks it's like
1: blood red.
0: Looks like blood. So I'm impressed that you'd figure that out while you took like a five minute break from the Zoom call and apparently <laughs> made a recipe. And...
1: All right. So let's get into this movie. So we were doing A Nightmare on Elm Street. The remake. <laughs> yes. The, t- the 2010 remake. <laughs> have you seen that? I haven't. I mean, I think I
0: have. I don't really remember it very much at all. Which I say mean, much. I
1: love Jackie Earl Haley, sure. right? I mean, he's great. He, he's a great pedophile. He <laughs> he's, plays a pedophile, not the it's movie. Unfortunately, yeah, it's
0: real unfortunate.
1: <laughs> um, but I don't know. The trailer just looked like it didn't look like anything new or revolutionary about it. And I don't think I ever watched it. I
0: think you say that. I think the revolutionary thing about it was they made Freddie Cougar a pedophile.
1: <laughs> that is true, which is really interesting because when you watch the movie, I watched it on Amazon, right? And the description in it says... A pedophile stalks kids in their dreams.
0: On the original, yes, oh, crazy.
1: And that's not correct because they had originally written it as yes, he was going to be a pedophile, but they thought that that was too dark, and there was some also some actual pedophile cases going on in California, so they changed it to he's just a child murderer, which to me still seems pretty bad. Yeah, it's still bad. So
0: it's I mean, it's, <laughs> some would say worse even. But uh, I, I guess I thought it could be both. I mean, most people murder children because of some sort of.
1: But he's also not going after young children. These are almost adult kids.
0: I thought the idea was originally he was killing the kids of all these people.
1: Right. So then he's coming back for the people that burnt him. Yeah. Alive. Okay. So that makes sense.
0: So I see it as. I mean, I think it's definitely suggested that he's a pedophile because why else again do you murder children? You know, that's usually kind of the long yeah. and short of it.
1: I believe one time we were talking about. A person like this possibly in a true crime and i think if the phrase you used was you know the other shoe's gonna drop <laughs> and that meant he was gonna murder them
0: uh, some, yeah but also not to get into like the freddie legacy but i think in part five or six whichever this one where they able to celebrity cameos i think it's part six and that one is pretty much established that he was molesting like at minimum his daughter or something or not
1: with those claws though right no no
0: it was like they go back and like back into his past Um, Right. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. But yeah, so here we are talking about the original 1984, A Nightmare on Elm Street by Wes Craven, who wrote and directed. I did not know he wrote it until last night. Or if I didn't know, I'd forgotten it. Yeah. So, creator of your favorite movie, The Last House on the Left.
1: Oh, God. I still have never not made it through that movie. I'm not going to try again.
0: Right. But I guess this would be his first kind of mainstream movie, right? I mean,
1: Yeah, but I also like the stories of like these times, these late 70s, 80s horror movies where they don't have a lot of money and they're trying to figure out what they can do on a budget. And it just sounds like they're having so much fun, you know, because everyone knows the story about Halloween and how they needed a mask. They ran out to just get a William Shatner mask and they painted it. And even when we talked about um, Dawn of the Dead, you know, they talked about how they had to work these grueling hours. They were only given a certain amount of time at the mall you know, they had to have their friends do the makeup and it just seems like it was so much fun and trying to like break these new barriers or do the special effect no one's ever done before. I love it.
0: Yeah. I just remember, you know, not to get into the whole like childhood of watching this of it, but you know, these movies were so huge when I was a kid and I was trying to kind of figure out why not, I don't mean like why they're popular. I mean, why were they popular for kids like, like me? Uh, because I think this is uh, not this movie, but one of the Freddy movies was one of the first horror movies I saw. It was part four, I think, came on Showtime. Uh, but this is like, you know, unlike the Jason movies or even Halloween or something, like these movies actually kind of like a story, you know, like there's like a narrative, like a mythology to it that you kind of follow.
1: Well, yeah, and, and Freddy Krueger is funny.
0: Oh, he's hilarious. And he talks. Yeah. But in this one, it, it is kind of funny, and I, I guess I forget. Forget. But in the first one, he really—he's not particularly locacious. He has a couple one-liners, but they.
1: Yeah, but he's still like smiling. He's oh, pulling he, pranks he, he, that he thinks are he's funny, a but great really time, Yeah, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but he's not like you know literally having bits like he does in the, the later movies where it's just right, nonstop right. one-liners, and so that was kind of. Uh, and he's and he's you know I, I read that he has like less than seven minutes of screen time in the movie, which is kind of crazy.
1: No way. Yeah. I did realize that there was a long break in seeing him at all there's a a point whenever after she goes to the sleep clinic and then she has a dream but you don't see it and there's a pretty long stretch that goes without you actually seeing him but she's talking about him and so he's still kind of there and that's one of the things that a great performance or a great character can do in movies where they have small screen time but you feel like they're in the entire movie
0: Yeah, it's funny. They actually call him Fred Krueger in the movie, too. Yeah, I don't think they ever call him Freddy. They, they
1: never say Freddy, Except for you know. the,
0: the song. They say Freddy's coming for you, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so this movie was, it was not easy to get made. They had some difficulty. They had funding fall through. But then they ended up getting picked up by New Line Cinema. Yeah. And I love the tagline that they, they call New Line Cinema, the house that Freddy built. Because oh, yeah. it essentially took New Line Cinema out of bankruptcy and was able to keep them going. No, I mean,
0: whenever I see the new lines in the logo, I, at least in the back of my mind, I think of Freddy because I used to have right. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4 on VHS, I mean, recorded. <laughs> and, you know, that's when I was a kid, the only movie that had that logo on it, I remember. It was kind of a right, obscure right. studio. Yeah, then Lord of the Rings came along and it was all over, so.
1: Yeah, they're okay. So the opening starts with Freddy making his glove.
0: That whole scene is, like, not in widescreen. Finishes that scene, the whole movie goes, you know, the whole screen fills up. So I figured that's like when we're in in present time now, or or at least in the dream.
1: Yes, because then we move on to the blonde being chased, which is clearly a dream. Tina, yeah. Yeah, Tina. Uh, She's running through the broiler room, which is essentially, I guess, his lair, which is also where he met his demise. You use a lot of creepy noises in that. You you hear, like, babies crying. Yeah. You hear goats bleeding. Goats bleeding. (laughs) Bleating. You hear Freddy laughing, her screaming. You know, you hear all these noises, you don't exactly know where he is. So that's a pretty good opening scene.
0: Oh, it's a great opening scene. Um, I think my favorite part was when they transitioned to, you know, daytime. And you have, you know, the girls, you know, singing the nursery rhyme. And the, cam- the camera kind of pans to them. And it's still like in this sort of dream haze state. Like the filter's yeah. different. But then when it pans over to, you know, her friends, you know, Johnny Depp. You know, you know your best friend is usually Johnny Depp in high school, right? <laughs> uh,
1: a young Johnny Depp. Yeah. Whose label is a jock. It looks like he weighs about 110 yeah, it's, pounds well, he wears that
0: tank top i guess and it's <laughs> right. also the 80s so things are different then right and then of course uh, nancy but when they with anyway, the camera pans over to them suddenly the, the screen gets sharper so you're already kind of like unclear like well you know what were the girls in a dream, like what you know it, I like how he kind of blends the sort of heaping what's craving not afraid. <laughs> how he <laughs> right. kind of blends the reality with the dream world, and the whole movie kind of operates on level. I mean, there's a few scenes where you know we're absolutely in real life, you know, like the party scene,
1: yeah, but there's lots of scenes yeah, where you're not sure,
0: yeah, which
1: yeah. are they awake or are they dreaming? Yeah,
0: I would argue the last thirty minutes of the movie, I still have no idea, really <laughs> right,
1: yeah. Well, he also does a really great job even for being just like a quote-unquote slasher movie. I think the characters are really built up. Like, they spent some time on this character work, I think, which he didn't really have to do. Usually, you just have the hot kids come in and they, you know, get murdered. But, like, when Tina wakes up, her mom comes in and you already, like, kind of peg her mom. She's a bit of a mess. She clearly... That guy she's with is not her dad. It's like her boyfriend or something, you know, or the mom's boyfriend. And you already kind of see that she's a bit abandoned. You already get like an idea of Tina.
0: We know she's Catholic.
1: (laughs) Right. I have a few quotes of advice that the parents give in this movie, which just cracks me up because me being a mom, I can't imagine this is my advice, but she wakes up from her dream and her mom's advice is, you have to cut your fingernails or stop that kind of dreaming, <laughs> one or the other. Yeah,
0: well, I, I I did notice it seemed odd that she's like blaming her for having a bad dream. And you know, like, right. like, any other movie, you know, it'd be like, honey, are you all right? But she's instantly like, you know, almost like assaulted with this, like this bad parenting.
1: Before we get too much into it, let's talk a little bit about the design of Freddy. So I thought it, you would love this. I don't know if you're gonna take this and just maybe I should go get another I'm drink. i going
0: go with the color theory.
1: Yes. <laughs> And so I had read that at first it was going to be red and yellow yellow yeah. and red but because it reflected plastic man like the marvel character that's that's what they said at one point but then he read somewhere in like a scientific magazine that West Craven again not Freddy read that the two most contrasting colors are red and green. Yes. Now is that true?
0: The, well, I don't know exactly what that means. I mean, the two Cuz
1: those are Christmas colors
0: yeah but so what does he mean by the two most contrasting colors like yes they
1: i guess the ones that clashed the most okay or the the most the most jarring when you see them together but when he when i see red and green i'm like yay christmas yeah
0: but at the same time Freddie's sweater that whole um you know scheme it is very off-putting it is ugly i think you'd agree it doesn't it doesn't scream christmas no, um, no. So, it's
1: ugly. Yeah. It's also the fact that they keep describing him as dirty. Yeah. You know?
0: So I think I think he's on at something. I mean, maybe he's just a type of red and type of green. Um, or maybe Christmas uses ugly colors, too. I don't know. But
1: yeah, maybe you still think about yeah. it.
0: But it is kind of hilarious that they gave him like a jaunty little hat. And that's like... <laughs> yeah.
1: Because
0: I, I, I find it hard to believe that in real life he walked around and that's what he looked like.
1: <laughs> in that little town?
0: Yeah. They'll never figure out who did it. Oh, the guy walking around with a clawed of fingers and. Right. <laughs> and also, I did find it funny. Like they didn't you say he murdered like you know twenty kids. 20 kids. In, a, in our neighborhood. <laughs> <laughs> like how is that even possible? Do you? I don't even think I have twenty kids in my neighborhood. But maybe she meant just the city or something. I mean.
1: Yeah, maybe. I
0: thought that was that's, that's he quite just a took, took out a whole neighborhood. <laughs> that is quite a run. I mean.
1: Yeah. All right, so, so we have Tina. Yes. And her best friend is Nancy. Yes.
0: Nancy, a.k.a. The, one of the greatest screen queens of all time.
1: She's something else. I love her look. Like, I don't know. It's just you, you don't see girls that look like her. Not that she's, she's beautiful, you know, but she just looks unique. She's, she's looking a cookie cutter, like, no,
0: yeah.
1: hot girl. Like, she's, yeah, she's so interesting But she doesn't look like a
0: either. Like, they, don't, they didn't take it No, like,
1: she, she's got big, frizzy hair. Yeah.
0: Pink sweaters with the collars coming out.
1: Heller Camp. Yeah.
0: Well, did she used to watch uh, Just the Ten of Us?
1: No. Well,
0: she was in that. They used to show it when I grew up. It was on like, USA all the time. It was, you know, this sitcom about 10 kids, I guess. And she was one of them. I don't know. I guess it was after. Oh. That may have even been after Freddy. Um
1: It was after, yeah. The woman who plays Tina is Amanda Weiss. I don't think she was anything anything else. I don't want to talk about Johnny Depp too much, okay? <laughs> it's too much Johnny Depp, right? I'm tired of him being cast and everything as some wacky character. I'm tired of his tumultuous this is social life. Before all
0: that, I mean, he, he was I know. a kid. Like, it's, it's, like, it's like I can watch Michael Jackson singing Ben when he's like 12, because that's before he went crazy and probably. Well,
1: that's what I was about, that's what I was about to say. Watching this, he looks so young and innocent, and I really enjoyed watching him. Yeah. But let's talk about Johnny Depp in 1984 right. and how cute he was. And how sweet he was. Tina's boyfriend is Rod.
0: <laughs> Who shows up everywhere with a switchblade.
1: <laughs> yes. He is the worst. No,
0: yeah. I, I thought it was just late. Like, he shows up to the party. He immediately assaults uh, Nancy's boyfriend. Points a switchblade at him. And they're still like, hey, come on in. That just seems, yeah. I know it's the movie, but that just seems like, you know, that'd be a huge deal breaker for me.
1: And he's, I mean, he's abusive. He's super gross. But then, I mean, he gives her a really good time in bed. Oh, my God. But how, are they, how old are they supposed to be? She is supposed to be 15. I no. Who? Uh, Tina. No.
0: Well, yeah, because they say, like, 15 year old, you know, dead on, you know, DOA, you know, one of the paramedics.
1: 15?
0: Yeah. Who had, oh, my apparently God. Apparently the best sex anyone's ever had. <laughs>
1: That is awful, Chris. <laughs> I thought that I was in my mind. I just kept thinking, well, maybe they're 17. Well, I mean,
0: really, they're like you know 30. But...
1: but still. So so the reason that Nancy and Glenn come over is because Tina has been having these bad dreams and her mom is off in Vegas with the, her boyfriend. And so they all come over to have a sleepover. There's a cute scene when Johnny Depp's trying to lie to his mom. And they, he's got a tape of sound effects, yeah, that was pretty, which was that adorable. That was pretty funny,
0: actually. When the, um, yeah, the screaming in the car wreck. And he's like, oh, there's an accident <laughs> yeah. outside. Yeah. <laughs>
1: But then that's when Rod comes over, and yeah, they have a confrontation, and then it's like, "Yo, oh, come on in, you yeah. old guy." And
0: again, he takes out a switchblade, which I guess he just takes, <laughs> you know, on dates, and points it. At,
1: and then he's like, "And then he's like, why did they think I murdered her?" Yeah. Like,
0: <laughs> I mean, I remember, I guess in the eighties, I remember thinking that switchblades were like a thing, like I, you know, I, and maybe they were, like, but it seems now like, like I was just at a high school football game, socially distanced. Uh, my niece was in the homecoming court. Can you believe that?
1: Oh, nice!
0: And I, but the whole time, it did not occur to me that one of these teenagers has a switchblade. <laughs> I mean, but...
1: <laughs> and then they have a really famous scene when Nancy's in bed and the the wall behind her stretches. Yes,
0: it's so funny. Like all those things, there's a lot of things in the first half of the movie that I always in my mind thought was from the ending. Like for some reason, I thought I thought Freddy coming through the wall was like from the climax, and then I
1: he doesn't. He is in more spandex later. He's coming out of the bed. Yeah,
0: Yeah, maybe that's what I'm thinking of. But there's just so much imagery that I thought... I mean, a lot... This whole movie is like jam-packed with stuff. I mean, like it all is fast-paced. There's so
1: many famous scenes. That's what I was thinking. And that is um, something that happened in the movie Repulsion, which I think we talked about before. It's a Polanski movie that I don't think you've seen with Catherine Deneuve. (laughs) That's my French. And it's really good. It's about her going... Crazy inside her own apartment, and one of the famous scenes they have in that is people reaching out of the walls like that. So it was definitely inspired by that, I'm sure.
0: I mean, Elvis Street was inspired by Repulsion.
1: Repulsion came out
0: first. Okay.
1: Let's get into Tina's dream.
0: Yeah, that's a good one.
1: And that's another famous scene is when we see the shadow of his hat and on the wall, which is similar to Night of the Hunter. Yeah. They had the same very similar scenes. Do yeah. you think that was I was inspired by that? Right,
0: and like when Robert mentions arms extend out and yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which which really creeped me out. Like I had forgotten about that part, and for that's just so unnerving, you know.
0: Yeah. When you know it's coming, it's it's a little silly. I mean, it's not silly, but it's it is it does look kind of funny when uh, because that's the one thing I always remember is the arms stretching out.
1: And then he cuts off his own fingers. And
0: yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of body horror in the movie, which is kind of yeah, funny. yeah. That's sort of his go to thing. Yeah,
1: she pulls out his face, and his face comes yeah. off, and he's another face. Or like
0: later in the scene where like <laughs> he pulls up his shirt, and like flakes his nipple or something. <laughs> God.
1: There's yeah, there's plenty to cra- to imply he that he was possibly yeah,
0: he's sadistic.
1: <laughs> she keeps screaming, "Help me, God!" which is really creepy. Why this is happening? And then obviously you cut to her waking up. Which is another very famous terrifying scene of her under the sheets, and then Rod pulls the sheets off, and she sees he sees her get sliced yeah.
0: with four blades. You know.
1: Yeah, all at the same time. Yeah,
0: that's easily uh, one of the more, probably one of the most iconic horror death scenes, certainly from the eighties. Oh, for, for sure. sure. Uh, and I, I guess they did it with a revolving room, which it's kind of amazing. It's not, you know. This is a pretty low budget movie, but they were able to
1: That's what I was thinking. I was like, wow, they had a revolving
0: room. I still don't I mean I say that and I know what that means, but I still can't figure out how they did it. You know, I saw Billie Eilish on SNL when she had a revolving room and I mean that was pretty cool. Um, so maybe, (laughs) maybe it's fairly low tech. But that's such a yeah, maybe still today, that scene like gives me goosebumps. It is so violent. And so yeah, scary. and she's up in
1: the corner like Tony Collette, hiding up there, but getting murdered. It's terrifying. Yeah,
0: it reminds me a little bit of, uh, for some reason, I think we've talked about Jaws, but that's because I'm always apparently bringing up the fact when need to do a Jaws episode. But it reminds me of the yes. first shark death in Jaws, where where the swimmer is just being absolutely mutilated, and she's just screaming for God, and is you know she's being jerked back and forth in the water. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And it's kind
0: of unlike anything else in the movie in a way like that's kind of the most extreme death and that's kind of how that's what that scene reminds me of you know i, I guess it's like five years later seven years later than jaws but mm-hmm. um but it has the same effect and like it you know I, I, maybe it's like the audience doesn't quite know what they're in for and then they see that and uh, this
1: this is like 15 minutes in
0: if that usually you would save something like that for kind of you know the middle over the end but it I just can't imagine seeing that in the theater. It must have been so scary for the first time, not knowing yeah, where and to.
1: also when you see like Rod's point of view, and there's absolutely nothing you can do, which is no different than if you watched your friend beaten by a shark. there's nothing you can do. and that's pretty terrifying. And you don't even know what's going on, even though Rod's a terrible person. but and so then poor Nancy has to go through this and go to the her dad is the chief of police, I guess we should say, her and her mom and dad are divorced Right. so they show they show the news they show like Tina's bloody body in a clear body <laughs> bag, her, bag on the news and her arm like
0: falls out they're like whoops
1: yeah. <laughs> it's like I mean they sometimes show some terrible stuff on the news but usually they say like this is gonna be graphic yeah, no, but they're that, just like here's the news
0: it made me laugh out loud for
1: sure. <laughs> also why is it a clear body bag it's usually always a black body bag just, where they get that clear one blood from. dripping
0: everywhere there's a guy the mob binder <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> so you go I already see that Nancy's mom has some vodka. This becomes a recurring thing that that happens. She's got some vodka on the counter.
0: Yeah.
1: Nancy comes in and says she's still going to school.
0: Yeah, because she can't just hang around. But I mean, that's fine. She said she'd just go crazy if she just sat around and thought about it all day. So, you know, good for yeah, her. Yeah,
1: people say that. Yeah, I see that. And then Rod gets arrested. For the murder of Tina. Well,
0: after he also assaults Nancy on the way to school, <laughs> puts a hand around her <laughs> mouth, push, pulls her into the woods, and he's like, what? what right. what's, what's wrong? Like, why are you...
1: <laughs> yeah. And even after that, she still goes to school. Right. Did you notice who her teacher was?
0: No. Well, I mean, who's it?
1: <laughs> Lynn Shane, who was insidious, in Insidious. She was the old lady. Oh. She was in a tons of stuff, though. She was in uh, something about Mary. She played Magda. Remember the... Really tan lady?
0: No, I guess not.
1: We we just watched that movie the other day at your house. I mean,
0: I was kind of on the background. I don't know.
1: She's been in tons of stuff, but her brother is Robert Shane, and he was one of the producers of the oh, movie. Okay. Yeah. Nancy falls asleep in class, and she starts dreaming again. She sees Tina's dead body in her clear body bag, <laughs> and she falls it down the basement trail. Blood, so much blood in this movie. Yeah. Well, she comes
0: across the um the lady that's dressed in Freddy sweater. <laughs> Yes, asked yes. She has a hall pass. She says, "Screw your right. hall pass."
1: <laughs> and it reminded me of um, in Scream yeah, when Wes Craven has the—he's playing the janitor and he's wearing the sweater. Yeah.
0: So, the, yeah, that's the like mirror. And, and I get confused too because they re- have you seen New Nightmare? No. Okay, you've got to watch that. It's like you know, it's Wes Craven's uh, take on Freddy, like ten years after this, and it's like a meta movie about. Oh, okay. Like of Langen Camp or Langen Camp, whatever it plays of Langen Camp. And what? Robert England. I mean, it's it's so good. It's really good. And it's before he did Scream. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the same ideas on Scream are kind of done early in New Nightmare. But anyway, he recreates that scene and a lot of the original Nightmare scenes. And, but then I get confused because so did Scream in a way. Kind of iconic moments I'm so used to seeing either in Scream or New Nightmare, which you've got to see. You would love it. It's so good.
1: Okay. Well, that'd be one of my my October movies to watch. But I also just love how Wes Craven can, or how he was able to make horror movies and then years later be able to look at them and like analyze how they affected the horror genre in general and then be able to like satire it and almost make fun of himself in a way and, but still be Scary. I mean, it's it's really impressive.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, the, it's so funny because people point to screen, But again, the, the first time he really does that is New Nightmare, which okay. I would, I guess anybody listening to this may be tempted to, to um, watch the Freddy sequels, which I highly recommend. I mean, do that. But if you wanted to, an interesting double feature would be this and then New Nightmare. Because New Nightmare is kind of his spiritual sequel to this movie. You know, he wasn't okay. really involved in the other ones.
1: Well, so, and then we had the famous bath scene, which is, again, there's just so much
0: yeah, and there's a lot going on that little that little ditty,
1: <laughs> and this is coming right from the last scene when he, like flicks her to his tongue at her, you know, like in that sexual way. And then she's in the bath, which is how you take a bath, right with your legs spread like that. I, I
0: guess, I don't know. I mean, what do you do?
1: <laughs> you don't do that because every girl knows you got to be careful. You don't want to get water in there, okay? <laughs> it's true. And then so but his claws come up in between her legs and it is just it's terrifying
0: it is funny though that they I mean I guess what's Craven's response to him saying okay he's not a child molester I'll just right. put all that but- visually in the movie <laughs> yeah. and let you figure it out
1: there's another uh, good advice from a parent here and that is uh, don't fall asleep in the bath you could drown happens all the time does it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I guess yeah her mom is uh okay is, yes
1: let's talk about her mom oh
0: good god i love her so her mom is uh ronnie blakely who i did not know but she's a bit of a performer she was in robert Altman's nashville
1: oh right uh, yeah
0: and she uh oh she was in uh did you watch that bob dylan thing on netflix the uh, about the rolling thunder review movie no okay it's really good but half of it's apparently bullshit it's, it's hilarious but they just made up a bunch of stuff and presented as a documentary but she's in that she was one of his like a. Uh, i don't think she's one of her his her back his backup singers but she was um kind of one of his hangers on. so she was kind oh. of his personality and mostly in the music world before she was in this movie interesting which, and she's so beautiful like you know I, like it's kind of funny watch this now uh because now i like identify a little bit more with the adults than the kids right. yeah now that i'm literally 40 years old and like a Full on adult, and she doesn't look like in it. She looks like you know my age, and then everyone else looks like little children. And like mm-hmm. watching her be like a window to this movie is kind of funny because like, I'm trying to like identify with, you know, what is she going through with her crazy daughter and like having to to deal with all this bullshit. In a way, well, she's
1: drinking, of, which is kind of make makes more sense. Nowadays, like as an adult, you know, it's like looking at it, if you watch this as a kid, you're like, oh, what a terrible mom. She's drinking all the time. And it's like, as an adult, you're like, well, yeah, of course she is,
0: (laughs) you know? Well, she's also living those guilt of having, you know, kind of caused all this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, the
1: the guilt of murdering somebody, even if it was a bad person
0: yeah so that I makes mean, it kind of fascinating because i it would never occur to me when i was younger that she would be like uh what i would call like a window character if that's the right word where you kind of watch the movie through her eyes yeah right even meant to identify with her but now what can i do like i see her as like oh finally an adult shows up <laughs> <laughs> but like i wouldn't know what it's like to be nancy <laughs>
1: right right i
0: can't identify with giant depths character at all like what you can just <laughs> lay in bed all day and listen to their music and right uh, uh But I can get with, like, you know, the sort of burnt-out mom dealing with her asshole husband. (laughs) And that
1: vodka makes you feel better. You get that.
0: Yeah, if you need to have it at 8 in the morning, you know, just, you know, I love how she just sort of slides it behind her back (laughs) when Nancy walks in the room. I know. Um, Anyway, instant icon.
1: So Nancy takes her, you know, the classic stay-awake fast-acting pills that like your mom always had she finds them in the cabinet and she's trying to stay awake she's watching the evil dead which is kind yeah. of cute and then later freddie's glove appears in evil dead 2 did you read that
0: yeah i did read that I don't...
1: him and sam raimi had a kind of a i guess a fun relationship freddie did <laughs> yes <laughs> and then glenn climbs up to her window which becomes a, a trope and scream yeah but yeah, it's super a... super funny um, watching it back, I mean Johnny Depp's really funny in this.
0: Yeah, he's it's, it's it's funny to me how laid back he is about all this. Like he also <laughs> witnessed that murder; he was in the room <laughs> when Tina is like torn asunder on the ceiling, and his reaction to it is like, eh. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> and he, you know when Nancy comes forth with all her sort of theories, like, why are you, he's he has this whole attitude like, why are you even thinking about this? <laughs> Um, and John Deb can kind of pull that off because just the way he looks, like I mean, there's a little bit of him, maybe Jack Sparrow in that, you know. <laughs> um, but it does kind of make me laugh. He's like he's a little bit too kind of laconic about everything. Yeah, yeah. Um, that's not a criticism. It's a perfect movie.
1: But then it's funny when um, she looks in the mirror and says, "Oh God, I look 20 years old." I know. Said I thought... no, no one ever said that ever in the history of ever. So it's a clever misdirect. One of those things you're talking about. Like she doesn't she doesn't explain her plan to Glenn. It cuts from her saying, "I have a plan," to her saying she's going to go look for someone. But it cuts to her going outside of her house. So you're thinking, "Oh, wait, is she actually going to yeah. find someone, or is she not?" And then, of course, Glenn falls asleep because he's got he's got no issues on his mind. Like he's just <laughs> like always ready to go to sleep. Yeah, he's
0: ready to put on those headphones and <laughs> yeah. think about cars and whatever yeah. boys do.
1: Right. But um, I was bopping along to that synthesizer music. You know,
0: it's a great soundtrack. Yeah.
1: Oh, and then, well, there's a cool scene when she says, Glenn, are you still there? And then Johnny Depp pops out behind the...
0: Right. That's so I guess she awesome. said
1: that in her sleep, right? I guess she said, Glenn, are you still there? And he said, yeah, I'm still here. So you're still not sure. You're pretty sure she's dreaming. But you're like, oh, wait, Glenn's here too. And she sees Rod in the jail. And then she, I guess, gets ready to chase her back. And then she he jumps through the, the mirror, which is very Candyman coming through the mirror.
0: Yeah, and then she wakes up just thrashing, and Johnny Depp is useless ass is still just you know laying there. But he was like no help whatsoever.
1: No, but at least uh, she did say she like slapped his leg and said you're shit. You yeah. didn't stay awake, so at least he lets lets him have it. But well, then so that night her and Glenn actually leave, and again you're like okay now they're actually out right. They're going to the jail, and she begs her dad to just check on Rod, and that's a pretty creepy scene with the bedsheet going yeah. around his neck. And then it it takes him up and and hangs him. Again, they witness that, and Glenn's just like boring. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nancy is like having a full on breakdown at age fifteen, yeah. and He's Glenn's like, just like, I'm gonna go listen to music.
0: Right. It's like, so is our date off? Like, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Oh
0: uh, go the next scene is the funeral. And I think it's funny that they all go to his funeral. Like, even these, they go
1: to Rod's funeral. Where's Tina's funeral?
0: I know, right? Because I thought, oh, this must be Tina's funeral. The people, right. The, the person no, they lied. <laughs> yeah, the murderer. <laughs> but I, I, I burst out laughing when I heard the preacher just start basically like shit talking Rod at his own funeral. <laughs> like, did you catch that? He's like yeah, yeah. Well you live by the sword, you die by the sword, or whatever he says. <laughs>
1: Yeah, that was so weird. It's like, why are we all here for him? He murdered your best friend. I mean, Nancy knows that he didn't, but everybody right. else doesn't know that.
0: I guess the idea is that Nancy got the her The chief parents. of police is there? Well, that's her dad. I guess, I guess she must have drunk him along, but I don't know why the rest of the folks would be there. It's kind of funny.
1: Nancy's mom makes her goes to a sleep clinic, and I immediately was taken by the nurse in that first scene with the David Bowie haircut. Do you recognize her? No. And so I looked her up, and that's Mimi Craven.
0: Oh, who was okay. Wes's
1: wife at the time? They were married from 1982 to 1987. And I like the the doctor who was a sleep expert or whatever, yeah. and he said that no one knows what dreams are. They're incredible body hocus pocus. I like well, I think we know what dreams but, are well, though.
0: Do we though? I mean, I, I think the jury's <laughs> a little bit out because when everybody said that, I was like, <laughs>
1: yeah, but don't you think like a person who studies sleep should have a better answer to what dreams are than it's incredible body hocus pocus? yeah that does not instill a lot of
0: well a 1984 b I, i'm just not percent sure that i mean people know what dreams are but that's a different question than why do we dream like what function does it serve i think that's a fascinating question that i don't know that's
1: i still think that he should have a better answer than okay, that okay
0: okay well okay she's sitting vodka next to him so what are you gonna do <laughs> <laughs> i will say i saw a recent that's... special on i think it was nova like that show on PBS like, uh-huh. you know, about science whatnot. sometimes it's about space so just be warned <laughs> uh, oh god and just, snooze right but they had one of the nightmares it was just sort of the latest thinking about why you know why do we have nightmares what is the biological or evolutionary imperative there like what function does it serve and what these people posited was that you know evolutionary wise we have nightmares because it prepares us for certain horrors in the real world Like if you're a Mm -hmm. caveman and you had a very real risk of being assaulted by a bear, like at any goddamn minute (laughs) or or whatever, then you're at night when when you slept, you would have these traumatic experiences to help your body sort of respond to those terrifying situations and be better better able to handle them because you're just much more likely to actually have those experiences.
1: That makes sense for nightmares, but what about regular dreaming?
0: Well, I don't know. I mean, because, well, I, I guess that's sort of separate is your regular dreaming. I mean, I guess thinking really is that it's sort of your body kind of processing your experiences of the day, reorganizing them. Your mind sort of interprets it as a narrative, but it's just sort of your your mind kind of figuring out whatever daily experiences you've had and compartmentalizing them. And that's sort of present as these images that you sort of internalize as like a story. I don't know. Hmm. Which Okay. Is kind of fascinating.
1: But so I had a dream when I took a nap today that Zach.
0: <laughs> this was today? That,
1: yeah. That Zach Braff gave me his phone number, but then I got wet and I couldn't see it. And I got very upset. And then I ended up getting, I found him again at the bar and he gave me his phone number. But then I had to tell him no, because I was married. What does that mean?
0: first of all do you find you you, you like Zach Braff like you find him attractive or that is
1: no but I think it's because I, I was up at 6 this morning watching scrubs
0: okay well so no that, I don't that, really have but see, that's your body really because that's like all I have mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's your body like <laughs> that's like your body compartment, like you say you watch scrubs earlier in the morning so yes. your body digesting that sort of doing whatever it does with that probably realizing these these this experience is not valid <laughs> and then you're, you're and then you're you somehow you internalize that is, you know,
1: I have two recurring dreams. I never have nightmares really, but my two recurring dreams are very upsetting. Not to you. They won't be, you're going to be like, that sounds like heaven. But (laughs) so my, my one recurring dream is that I'm at the beach and it's like Thursday. We've been there all week, but I can't get to the beach. Like we've gone to the pool, we've gone to the outlets, but I haven't been to the beach yet. And I'm getting so upset because we only have three days left. This is a recurring dream I have. Same thing happens.
0: That's interesting.
1: Then I might, my other recurring dream is that I'm trying to pack for something. Whether it's this is just variates as like I'm moving or I'm packing for a trip or I'm trying to get my stuff out of my apartment and I can't get everything packed. i pack and pack and pack and pack and pack and pack and pack. Those are my two recurring dreams.
0: That seems to have both of those seem to have to do some sort of anxiety. Anxiety? Around. Yeah.
1: No 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 shit. I got some anxiety. <laughs>
0: thing but my big recurring dream in fact i had it probably last night and it's not quite a nightmare but it's close is that i'm driving on an interstate and i have this like once a month i'm driving on interstate, uh-huh. and it, and for some reason it like turns into like like a, almost like a roller coaster and like it goes like way above the city buildings and like i usually for some reason like chicago even though uh-huh. i've barely been i've been there like once or new york where there's like, big side creepers, and i have to like drive over them and, and I'm, I'm scared of heights and then i'm i'm just very sure i'm gonna fall and then i wake up and i, I yeah and i think like thank god that that's not how interstates work i have to like think about that yeah yeah uh, So nightmare on elm street
1: <laughs> <laughs> so when nancy wakes up from her dream in the hospital this is whenever she her hair she has a shock of white yes. like anna yeah. from frozen yeah, it's just always cool and she brings his hat back with her and she puts this together that I can bring things back with me or she just had that stash I don't know I, but, but again um, it's
0: suggestive as hell like it was basically like between her legs or something like what yeah. is that about to be where his head what I mean
1: oh by the way <laughs> and she like slinkily brings it out yeah that's yeah, yeah, I mean, weird just,
0: yeah so and then again it shows like you know he was a pedophile <laughs> yes. um,
1: and it had his name in it Fred Krueger. Yeah. and she asked her dad about it and I mean her mom about it and she couldn't just Google the stuff back I know, then. I thought
0: that the exact thing, like, how did I not know?
1: You either have to go through all the microfiche at the library, or find an old book about it, right. or find an old lady who knows the story. There are some
0: kids that are singing the nursery rhyme.
1: Right. <laughs> what are you singing about? In <laughs> this case, her mom comes out with it and says, Freddy Krueger's dead, and then Nancy smashes the vodka bottle. So she gets out of the house, she grabs her sweater, and she goes to meet Glenn, and he says something about how when he's stressed, he eats. Like, he's not stressed.
0: Yeah, he's
1: He's a teenage boy. He's just eating. He doesn't give a shit.
0: And he just pulls out a giant cheeseburger, and starts eating it. Right. He's like this thin.
1: <laughs> and he tells her about the balanese way of dreaming, which was pretty much like to immerse yourself in the dream. Is that what he was saying? Yeah. So like they fall deeper, deeper into it, so that way they can be inspired by it. But if there's a monster, they ignore it, and it takes away its power. Yes. And that seeps into her mind, and that's how it plays out later. Yeah, so
0: giant Deb does save her. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess in a way. So now you describe the great scene of when she comes home <laughs> right. and what happens when her amazing mom comes out.
0: She enters the house. She says, mother. <laughs> 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 then mother enters stage right with a pocket bottle and says, I have something to show you. <laughs> and then they go down the cellar. And then she tells a story, which is the best like exposition scene ever, I think. And that's where she's been keeping Freddy's glove. She has a nice wrapped up, and she's hidden it. Yeah. Uh, apparently, in the um, I did read that there was like an extended deleted scene where it's made more clear that uh, the mother not only showed up at this burning of Freddy Krueger, but she actually like shot in the head or something, and was more like directly involved in his killing, even more so. Than yeah.
1: No wonder she drinks. Yeah. yeah.
0: But they kind of cut all that, and left it a little bit more like she's just part of this sort of you know village mob, whatever you know, imagine. Um, but yeah so she explains that yeah so there was a pedophile or I'm sorry there's a serial murder he killed like 200 kids uh, we eventually found him and we uh, burned him alive well he was he was arrested but they let him off because of some uh, evidence that went awry or what, what, what was
1: right it? someone didn't sign a search warrant yeah
0: which okay <laughs> that's semi-believable I suppose
1: and here's another great line from a parent to their kid he's dead honey because mommy killed him yes
0: that's yes. a great line. And so she seems to be losing it as the movie progresses, as so she's sort of reliving all this.
1: And so when Nancy comes home at one point, and the mom has put iron bars on all the windows. Yeah, because she
0: went to the security store. Right. <laughs> that's what. <laughs> Isn't that what Johnny Depp says? Yes. So I don't, I don't, that's, that also made me laugh. Like, the security store? What the fuck is that?
1: And also, they, they got it done in a few hours. It's pretty <laughs> impressive. um But I guess so. At this point, the mom believes. That it's all in her head or in her dreams, so is she protecting Nancy from herself because obviously, if she believes Nancy that sh- that this guy can get her in her dreams, putting bars in the windows isn't going to do anything.
0: Yeah, I don't think she's thinking too so clearly. So, what is her goal? Well, I kind of thought it was to keep Nancy from escaping her bedroom too, because she's you know she keeps yeah. running out and you know going to people's jail sales and witnessing murders. And all. Right. <laughs>
1: And then so she's talking to Glenn across the street and Johnny's in that great crop top.
0: Right.
1: It's just so funny because he's a, he's a jock. Yes. I even thought that on the scene when they're over at Tina's house and they go outside and they like put Johnny in front of them, like he's, he weighs less than, than you two. Like, what is he going to (laughs) do? And so what does she say, whatever you do, don't fall asleep. And of course he falls asleep. And I, I laugh so hard when Nancy's mom comes in and takes the coffee pot away and then she <laughs> wakes up and pulls out that backup coffee pot.
0: Fully plugged in, brewing coffee yeah. as she speaks.
1: <laughs> so funny. I'll, I'll, yeah, and that I, was
0: great. She's like, take this, Mom.
1: Yeah. It's it's too bad for Nancy because back then they didn't have bottled frappuccinos or monster <laughs> drinks or Red Bulls. Like, all you had was black coffee.
0: I just love the fact that she set it up and I love the idea that the mom would come in like, what's that sound? i nothing. <laughs> <laughs> no. There's, like, smoke coming out from under her bed.
1: <laughs> That's so crazy. Uh, so, so yeah, but we also see... Glenn's parents there's no way that those two people I don't want to be rude but there's no way those two people made Johnny Depp they're very unattractive people I'm sorry Um, but so they're kind of protecting him though telling her to stop calling and stuff and she tries to sneak out but her mom pulled a vodka (laughs) bottle out of the linen closet (laughs) and of course Glenn falls asleep again and this is where it gets crazy so she gets a phone call yes and it's just scratches, scratching, like, against a blackboard. And she hangs up the phone. Then she rips the phone out of the wall. She knows that she ripped it out of the wall. She broke it. It rings again. And she's like,
0: hmm. <laughs> it could be Glenn.
1: <laughs> it could be. And she answers it, like, hello? And, of course, it's 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 another iconic scene where he says, I'm your boyfriend now. Another reference to, again, like you said, she's like, you can't say he's a pedophile? Okay. I'll just put all this these things in here and the mouthpiece turned into a mouth with a tongue coming <laughs> it's out so
0: good <laughs> oh my god i mean i knew that it's was coming so i knew that was coming but i still kind of shrieked last night because it's always so I know. and it also it looks hilarious but it, it is so it is still so scary to me i don't know why
1: let also there's nothing grosser really than being licked by a stranger that's pretty gross yeah but nancy's mom is trashed out of it this is great and but it's also it's pretty freaky like when nancy tries to get out of the house and you can't can you imagine being locked inside your house
0: no that'd be terrible
1: and no matter what you do you can't get out i think she says where's the key and she's like no key <laughs> she's so drunk <laughs> okay so then glenn's mom goes into his room wakes him up again even though he's supposed to be awake it's 11 43 or 11 something like that right glenn says he's gonna watch Miss Nude America. Yeah, I couldn't tell if he
0: was joking She's, or not.
1: I, th- I thought he was too, but it was a real 1976 movie. Oh, really?
0: Oh, that's a movie? Yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah. I think it was a documentary. So he only has to stay up for about 12 minutes, and he can't even do that. And then he falls asleep again. it's his headphones he just on, out. he's out. <laughs> <laughs> All that time at sport practice. <laughs> <laughs> the scene is so iconic, especially because it is Johnny Depp.
0: It is funny that this sort of the sweetest character in the movie the like least offensive person gets like the most brutal death scene <laughs>
1: it is pretty brutal i don't know what happened to him but it could not have been good no. and so he gets pulled down into his bed with his headphones and his tv yeah. and all he holds dear <laughs> and then just a geyser of right. blood come yeah, out which is obviously an homage to the shining it's gotta I be guess right
0: so, yeah but i was, when i was a kid that's that scared me so bad i, I couldn't even watch that scene i don't know why because you're right they don't really show anything i mean well other than the geyser blood but uh right. but just your imagination it kind of goes wild like what is happening down there and then oh he's you know being apparently torn apart and then i uh, <laughs> i didn't notice this before but when the paramedics show up you know they <laughs> when the guy says a stretcher and then the guy goes oh you're gonna eat them Yes, <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> i wrote that down too that's so crazy so but and for the geyser blood it seems like it's that same rotating um, room? Yeah. I guess they turned it upside down. Yeah, I would think so. Is that how they did it? But then it seems like a subsequent scene seemed to be filmed backwards. Because it seems like the blood's ripping backwards. But it, all in all, I mean, it's a really impressive scene, especially for that time.
0: Yeah, you don't really come away from this movie thinking it was like, you know, low budget or, you know, they were scraping for painting or anything. Because everything they do, they make great makeup, great effects, you know, pretty good acting. Yeah, the know. makeup
1: is great. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't want the acting in any, any other way. You know, no, but
0: I was reading some reviews online and and I mean like user reviews, like you know, not professional reviews. and they're all talking about the acting sucks. I'm like, what are you talking about? Like it's it's all fine, you know, it's, it's good.
1: Yeah, it's what it's what makes the movie. It's great. Yeah. I
0: don't know what they want.
1: Nancy yells at her dad or calls her dad and tells him to come over in twenty minutes. Dad's just like, Okay, sure. But then so she says she needs twenty minutes <laughs> right. to fall asleep. And then she starts into her home alone montage. Yeah, absolutely. Or or I should say home alone has a nightmare on Elm Street Yes, montage. yeah, I didn't
0: think about that. But yeah, she goes full on. As i said before, full on Kevin McAllister. Yeah. <laughs> what was the last time we got that? Was that Babadook? I know Babadook, I think maybe you. Or... Yes. Okay. Well, must
1: have been right. Yeah,
0: she go and she she to her credit, she already got a library book about it. You know, booby traps. <laughs> right. Um, but the sledgehammer thing about the door. I mean, I just lost it. That was so hilarious. But yeah, I'm not sure how she'd accomplish that in 20 minutes and then still had the time to go to sleep. I mean, she's like apparently making little bumps. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. This is way more than even uh, Kevin McAllister did.
1: And then she finally gets to sleep. And they're back in their broiler where Freddy was blown up. And she thinks that she's going to be able to pull him into the real world. Yeah. So again, they do another interesting scene where she goes to sleep. And then she kind of, she wakes up. But then Freddy pops out. So then you're not really sure. So is she still dreaming? Yeah. Is a dream within a dream? Is this Inception?
0: I don't know. Based on the ending of the movie, I, I kind of think everything is still a dream. But...
1: So let's say that that's what happened. Okay. She woke up. She was able to wake herself up, brought him back to the real world. And then so now he's chasing her and she lights him on fire, locks him in the basement, goes to get her dad and the police. But then that's a cool scene too when you see just the footsteps of fire. Yeah. Yeah. And they're going up the stairs and then he's on top of the mom who's passed out. Yeah.
0: Which is interesting because, you know, again, if you see this sort of as the mom as sort of the original scene of the movie, he would be going after her because, you know, yeah, she killed him. And so maybe in a roundabout way, him going after Nancy was really him trying to get to the mom.
1: It's such a surreal scene. Like everybody else was left with either a body or blood or something but then she is just like a burned up corpse. And then she goes into the mattress and disappears. Well, she waves goodbye.
0: Yeah, well, it was nice. Yeah. Yeah, that's that super weird. I, and I've forgotten all about that scene. Um, and so I thought, well, is that supposed to be the first instance that, you know, okay, well, she's clearly still dreaming because, you know, that doesn't happen in real life. Or is there something fundamentally supernatural happening because Freddy is now in the real world so he can do supernatural shit? And
1: At least in this case, the dad sees it, too. But if it's a dream, right. that matter. And then, so then they have the like where she confronts him and tells him he's shit.
0: Yeah, he has you're no power.
1: Whatever. <laughs> <I love> <laughs> and he like disappears in that old fashioned, very X Files looking. You know, like when like early, early X Files, like when he jumps at her and kind of disappears. Yeah. And then she goes outside her bedroom, but it's outside her, the house and it's daytime.
0: Yeah. Sort of a Wizard of Oz tweak. Yeah. You know, when she's like leaving the black and white to color.
1: Yeah. And she's with her mom, and they're both fine. And then that whole last scene is just so surreal. Bonkers. yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. their friends are back, and she gets in the car. But then the they get in the convertible. But then the top comes over, and it's got the red and green stripes on
0: it. And then he uh, pulls the mom through the door.
1: That tiny little window, yeah.
0: Yeah, which reminds me, it looks, it looks like something out of Beetlejuice or something. Like right. That sort of <laughs> yeah. kind of comic effect. It's still it's scary. It, it freaks me out, but it's still kind of you know funny looking. And apparently that was. a... Uh, I guess not the ending Wes Craven wanted. Did you read about this?
1: Yeah. He wanted it to be a happy ending.
0: And apparently he still insisted for years that... I don't know. We never saw it. I can't imagine that being very satisfying. I like the way it ended.
1: But I think if it would have been a happy ending, then that would have been fine. Because you still could have started with a sequel and just yeah. had him come back. And maybe to a different girl. didn't have to be Nancy again.
0: I think his happy ending, though, would be like no one died so that kind of removes the stakes from everything if you were like to rewatch it again if you know they all kind of i like the idea that he kills them they're really dead and that's a bad thing i guess and that they, they you know they have to go forward and live with that
1: i think it would have been better if maybe just her mom hadn't actually died mm-hmm. but her friends well, yeah. still died
0: i love it i think it's perfect
1: it is it's great there's there's so many great scenes and just like the idea so clever to make, I mean, so if it's a horror movie, if it's a supernatural movie, you technically you can do whatever you want anyway, but you make it a dream, then you can have anything you want in the whole world. And terrifying because yeah. everybody has to sleep. You have to sleep where you're... Right. So five blood geysers. <laughs>
0: uh, five uh, fedoras, I suppose. <laughs> well, do you have any final thoughts on Nightmare?
1: I, I think it definitely holds up. I I, yeah. mean, I love the, the 80s-ness of it. And...
0: Yeah, I think I, if nothing else, it should be more popular than ever because it's right in that sort of Stranger Things vibe of, you know, 80s. You got the synthesizer music. You got the yep. semi, you know, kind of campiness of it. You have a giant tent. I mean, what else do you want?
1: I mean, it's it's pretty dark. And it's like that sexual innuendos were more than I remembered, which yeah. made it extra creepy.
0: It's kind of heavy. Like if you want to like engage the material, there's a lot going on. I mean, there's this whole idea about sort of reciprocal violence, you know, then this sort of whole, like, what do you do with this whole town that's been traumatized and how is that sort of, you know, in the next generation? It's kind of all there. I mean, you can really, you know, there's a lot to talk about if you really want to go on that level. I, I don't particularly want to do that. But no, um, you're right. You're right. I mean, it's definitely not the same. I mean, people call it a slash movie, but it's definitely not the same vein as the Fridays or even the Halloweens uh, or the sequels anyway. There's, you know, some pretty heavy material.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's plenty of um, true stories and true crimes that I can tie to it, I think,
0: Dude, I for not. next week.
1: So, <laughs> I, again, I think this might be more of a true story. I think most people who like kind of know about this movie kind of know where Wes Craven got the idea of it. Yeah. So we'll talk more about that and maybe some more ideas of you know what happens when you dream or is it possible that your hair can turn white. I, I thought all that kind of stuff was so interesting. Oh, cool. So we'll do some more true stories. Maybe there'll be a crime in there. Maybe I'll find we'll you go. a murder. So we'll see.
0: All right. Well, that's our Nightmare on Elm Street episode. So thank you for listening. Please uh, rate, review, and subscribe. Yeah, let, let us know
1: what we missed or what you want to add. or That would be great if you want to reach out in any of our social media stuff.
0: Absolutely. All right. And uh, so I don't know what next movie we'll do, uh, but it'll be another uh, sort of conventional classic that's uh, hopefully easily available to stream on Amazon or Netflix. It'll be spooky. <laughs> yes. All right. Good night.
1: Bye.